You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. The world is filled with many questions, such as, did giants exist? What is junk DNA? Does it mean that you're trash? Do you ever wonder if aliens have underwater bases in our oceans, and that's why there are so many UFO sightings off the coasts of islands all over the world? How serious even is climate change, and when should we start building our rafts? Hello, everyone. You may recognize me as Gabby from the History of Everything podcast. And my name is Bruna, and you don't recognize me from anything yet. Together, we're two scientists who explore the answers to these questions and many, many more in our new podcast, Mystery Mystery of Everything, Everything. available everywhere you get your podcasts. Hey, queens. Hey. Hey, girls. So, (laughs) long-time listeners of the show know that we usually do a summer break. That's right. It is really important for us to take a couple months off to enjoy some fun in the sun. Um, girl, I yes. literally, my brain passed out on you yesterday. We you know, sometimes to- <laughs> it happens. Sometimes it happens. Burnout is real, even when it's something you love. I like know. Yeah. yeah. You need- we didn't want to leave you guys high and dry for all of this. Exactly. So over the summer, we're going to be featuring a few different things. Yeah. You might have heard a couple of our classic Patreon episodes every now and then. We'll put them on the feed. Yeah, that's right. And our Patreon episodes might be a little bit different, like the formatting might be a little bit different, the styles might be a little bit different than our regular episodes, but we think you're going to love them. Right. You you might have also heard an episode from another podcast that we might recommend. We have a couple of shows we're going to feature on the feed that we think you'll love while we take a little break. We hope you enjoy the show. And let's raise a glass. And as always... Y'all, we curse a little bit. (laughs) So if you don't like strong language in your history, this may not be the show for you. No, Nathan's got a potty mouth, dude. (laughs) Cheers, bitches. (laughs) Hey, Patreon bitches. We're back. So we just finished recording our Zenobia episode. Um, So now, in honor of it being Pride Month, we wanted to do a Patreon episode about some... The LGBT community, like some pioneers or pioneeresses, as we called them <laughs> in the Zenobia episode. So disclaimer, each one of these women deserve their own fucking episode. They really do. So we are giving you, we are giving you the um, Cliff Notes version. Cliff Notes. <laughs> if we get enough demand, we'll definitely do a full novel. So I'm also going to do another disclaimer whenever we get a little lower down with uh one of the greatest queens, Marsha P. Johnson. There may be some words that we would find offensive today. Yeah. Um, that they used back then. So disclaimer, I'm sorry. I did not choose these words. And I do not want to say these whenever words. Whenever we use the pronouns, he, she, we're using the pronouns that they used for themselves. Yes. We are using um, what we've read. Um, if our research is wrong, because again, we didn't do like deep dives on any of these people. We did um, the Cliff Note version. Yes. But hey, um, if you want to open a discussion with us about any of this. I would love it. We would love to discuss with you. Uh, Teach I, us something. I had so much fun doing this research. I know. So um, the first one that we're going to talk about, her name is Christine Jorgensen. So she was born George Jorgensen Jr. And she was made famous uh, widely for being the first transgendered American woman to actually undergo the gender reassignment surgery. So I don't want to actually know, but like the gross part of my brain is just like, what was a transgender surgery like in the 1940s? Way more barbaric than it probably was now. Um, And I'm sure... uh, 
not to get into too much of the nitty gritty, I'm sure there wasn't as much emphasis on cosmetics, the, the cosmetics and the yeah. sexual gratification. It was just the, and like, did it actually? It goes this way now. Feel good whenever yeah. she had sex, or was it painful? So long or, as it made her feel like what she like felt a woman, inside, then you know yeah. who cares. So, so she was born in 1926. Six, right? She was born to George Jorgensen Sr. and Florence Davis Henson. And she grew up in what most people would consider today the typical utter upper middle class uh, family at the time. And I think I read an interview where she, they were doing an interview. She's like, well, my family owned a car. So I guess you would say that we're upper middle class because <laughs> it was the depression. Because we owned a car. It yeah. was the depression. So yeah. that, she, was, she said that she was upper middle class because they owned a car. But she... <laughs> She knew she was different. Yeah, she like, never really quite felt right being a boy. Yeah. And she knew that she wasn't, I mean, at this point, I just kind of want to say George didn't know that he, Well, that's how she talks about herself in yeah. interviews. When she talks about her past life, like when she talks about herself as a kid, she calls herself George. Yeah, she so George knew that he was different. He knew that he didn't like to play sports. He didn't like short hair. He didn't like hunting. He didn't like boys' clothes. It just, he didn't like being the little hooligan that went outside and did all yeah, that stuff. Yeah, he wanted to hang out with the girls and like sit inside and have tea and stuff like play that. Play dolls, yeah. play dress up. Which again the- is another misogynist stereotype it on its totally own. totally is. But that's what, I'm, if that's what he wanted to do, that's what he wanted to do, the inside things and play with hair and dolls and tea Go and for it. Gossip. That's what he wanted to do. So Yeah. He wanted Christi- to drink mimosas and gossip. Honey. Honey, I'm right there with you, girl. So, Christine, what I read was that she really started to become envious of her sister at the time of puberty hitting. Because she was getting some boobs. Well, yeah, her sister was getting boobs. Her hair was long and yeah. beautiful. And so she started to be like... Boys were starting to hit on her. Yeah, and so she's sitting there going, what? what is... She felt something wrong. One like, really interesting thing that I read, and I might be skipping ahead a little bit in Christine's life, was that, um, you know, once she started to realize something was different with her, she did kind of go to those underground gay clubs. Uh-huh. But she was not attracted to gay men. She didn't like gay men hitting on her. That is very, very common with transgender. Yeah, but like, it's not like today where she could just Google, what's up with me? (laughs) (laughs) You know, and find like an online community connect with. She had to to put those pieces together herself and be like, oh, it's not just that I want to be with men. I want to be with straight men. I want to be a woman, you know? And so that was a huge deal in this time. And even as an adult... The, the, uh, even as adults, the adults in her life recognized that something was wrong. Not, I don't want to say wrong with her, but they. I mean, according to people in the <clears throat> 30s and 40s. At that time, they were like, something's up. She's. It's like her parents even knew this is just not her being effeminate. This it's is something beyond that. Something beyond that. Yeah. So. Christine tried to enlist in the army twice, but they turned her away because of her small stature. Um, something in me is telling me that the army was just being xenophobic. <laughs> a little bit. Xenophobic means you're from a different country. Oh, no. What is Doesn't xenophobic game? means homophobic? Homophobic. Hey. <laughs> xenophobic means afraid of people from another country. <laughs> I mean, New Jersey. 
might feel like a different Nathan's country sometimes. Wasted. Not How really. are you wasted? You've only I'm had one glass of Not even. Oh Y'all, my we God. didn't. This is probably the soberest episode we ever did because <laughs> we both had really hardcore weekends of drinking. Yeah, we did. Anyway. So anyway, she tried to enlist for the army twice, got turned down, and was drafted just a couple months later, uh, and it was at the end of World War II. Yeah, because they were like, no, we don't want you. You're too girly. And then, like, once the war actually happened, they were like, uh, come on. Come we on. We need you. And so she saw this as a way for her to kind of fulfill that male role as Maybe she thought, oh, this George. will make me feel... Manly. Yeah, maybe I'll feel like George now. Maybe I'll you know? be a man now that I'm working in the army. But she was given a desk job um, because she was too small and she was a feminine. How small was she? She doesn't look super short in pictures. She was pretty I mean, short. For a woman, she was I mean. a little over five foot. Like, she's about my height. Really? She looked kind of tall. Because, like, in the um, these pictures, like, when I was looking at the pictures of her, when I'm like, this was before contouring. She is gorgeous. <laughs> but then when she, there's pictures with her hands up to her face. That's the only way I can tell. That's I was the like, only I was way. Like, Even her only... as an older woman, mm-hmm. you would have no fucking clue. No, she should definitely have what? her own YouTube when tutorials. She was, when she was in the military, nobody asked her what bathroom she used. Yeah. Like, I listened to all of these, like interviews and not a single time did i hear what well, she she got discharged from the army honorable discharge because the war was over but she got free health care for the rest of her life and that was the funny they didn't thing. care they weren't like are you transgender i know I'm that's not gonna a, give you- I, that was so fascinating it's like they asked that question in the 70s was like do you still receive benefits and she's like actually yes and yep. they were like oh cool cool and i'm like wait nobody thought twice about it. they were like oh that's good you served your country Cool. <laughs> like, wow, we're in 2018 and we're way uh. worse than that. Anyway, after she got out of the army, she ended up going into photography. And her and her dad used to, like, develop film together I as a kid. I couldn't find any of her her work. I wasn't able to either. So I'm sure it, we could. She but... must have been a pretty mediocre photographer. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> but I thought that's cool that um, even after her change and everything, she tried to, like, make a... Like, she didn't want to just be known in the world as this transgender person she no. wanted to be she wanted to make a life for herself and it was in this time like when she was in connecticut doing her college work being a photographer that she started questioning who she was and why she felt this way and you know she had these two really close friends in college that she would always tell them i have the emotions of a girl yeah. i know that's kind of misogynistic in a way history's a bag of dicks everybody it, was yeah, misogynistic in 50s, until like yesterday yeah yeah no absolutely. they still are <laughs> yeah <laughs> but she she really started to notice i'm I have more feminine qualities yeah. than I do masculine qualities. Well, and, and so, also that was a time and place where you didn't have an outlet to metabolize that. So that's the only way you could say that. It's like I feel more like a woman. Yep. And because Let's there was no friends. other way for you to say it. Yeah. Yeah. And so Christine actually had heard of this endocrinologist in America named Dr. Grayson. And he had been doing hormone treatments on like rats and stuff like that. So she was like, man, maybe this guy can tell me what's wrong. And tell me if I'm, you know, something's going on in my head. And he was like, bitch, you need therapy. Yeah. He was a total fucking douche. And just, like, referred her to a psychiatrist was like, I mean, you're sick. No, I think um, 
he should have just taken her money and tried to actually help her if that's what she wanted. But at the time, um, it w- I think it's a little harsh to call him a total fucking douche. Because he maybe did just... Because it wasn't something you were hearing of a lot. Maybe he did just think she was mentally ill. And at the same point, like, he's only doing trials on animals. So what would yeah. make him... Yeah. I mean, I he definitely wasn't the most open-minded. He's no. not, you know, about to win any awards from the LGBTQ community. <laughs> but I, I think it's a little hasty to call him a douche. Yeah. So she ended up... You know, whenever you can't find someone open-minded in America, what do you do? You go to Europe. And she reached out to this doctor in Denmark. That's what I did for my husband. <laughs> <laughs> well, guess what? You mm. got a good one. You yep. bagged a good one. So she ended up going and finding this doctor in Denmark named Dr. Christian Hamburger. <laughs> I think it's pronounced like Hamburg or something like that, but I yeah. like Hamburger. Hamburger. It's Christian spelled, Hamburger. It's spelled like Hamburger, it damn sounds it. Like, it sounds like... A fast food restaurant for Jesus. Christian hamburger. <laughs> oh my gosh, it's like it's like Chick-fil-A, but for burgers. Christian hamburger with a side of uh, holy fries. Oh my god, I love Some it. Some St. Peter coleslaw. <laughs> Sprinkled with, with uh, holy, holy water. water. <laughs> so Dr. Hamburger actually, you know, looked her in the eye and said, this has nothing to do with you being gay. It has, you're not gay. You are transsexual. You're transgendered. So they began this three-year research period on her. So Dr. Hamburger took her in and was like, hey, we're going to start some hormone treatment and see how this works for you. And they actually did the surgery on September of 1951. And then somehow the fucking New York Daily News caught wind of this shit and they released a story on December 1st on 1952, and the headline read, XGI becomes blonde bombshell, because that's fucking misogynistic, yeah. and oh, we only judge you on how pretty you look. But it was such a huge story here. Yeah. I mean, think you, about it. Who do you think leaked it? I don't think she leaked it. You know, she had some friends from college that knew she was going over to this place. I think it could have been... I really think it was a family friend. Yeah. I think it's somebody that caught wind of it and was like, oh my God, you would never believe this There's shit. a number of culprits it could have been, yeah. Either way, the media went fucking nuts. Oh yeah. They still go fucking nuts And this over is the this 50s. Stuff. Yeah. This is the fucking 50s. Yeah. And what I really liked is that what Christine wrote to her family when she was almost done with all the procedures, and she told them, she said to her parents, I've changed, changed very much, as my photos will show. But I want you to know, that I am an extremely happy person, and the real me, not the physical me, has not changed. I am still the same old brud, which I think was the name that they called him, mm-hmm. but nature made a mistake, which I have had corrected, and I am now your daughter. So it's like, hey, Dad, I'm that, your that, daughter now. <laughs> that kind of makes me want to cry. That is so sweet. Like, she's telling like, them I love you, and I'm the same person that I used to be. they were, like, actually, I mean, who knows... What they said in private, but they didn't come out and, like, say, we don't know. Like, they were outwardly very supportive. Very striking. Like, that was something where I was like, whoa, we're talking to 52. And the parents are like, this is my kid. This is my kid. I don't care what you say. Like, that's huge. My grandparents would probably not have done the same thing. Yeah. To be honest. I mean, to be real. But so she has some pretty fucking progressive That's parents. That's really sweet. And when she gets home from Denmark, the media is all crazy and making this big deal about her, like when she's getting off the plane. 
And um, she's like, I'm very impressed. Everyone's coming out. I'm very happy to be back. I don't have any plans at the moment. I want to thank you for coming, but I think it's too much. Yeah, she literally was like, I think all of this is just too much. She was just like, I just... She didn't ask for to be a celebrity for And this. that's why I think that she wouldn't have leaked any of that yeah. information. Because I feel like she was just like, ugh, get off of me. So anyway, she was just telling them to get her, their fucking noses out of her business. Yeah. Like, it's none of your fucking business. But I actually heard a, um, did you hear the sound clip of that? It's very, it's very nice. She's like, but it's a, it's too much. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I wish I, like, I can just see her face being like, it's a bit much, guys. It's a bit much, guys. <laughs> So everything's okay with her. She's in it. She's using her fame to be. She this. starts going to night, like starting at nightclubs. Yeah, she gets engaged. She has two engagements to straight men, um, but they're you know by the government because it still says male on her. Yeah, you know, um, dumb birth certificate. But still, kudos for those guys to be able to look at the person and not the. You know, the actual cool. like whatever it doesn't matter what sexual organ you have. If you like the person, you like the person. Period. Yeah. Doesn't matter. But not everybody sees life that way. So, like we said, she did you get woke. the benefits from the government, and she would continue to use this platform that she had in in the gay nightclubs, in all of this, you know, media frenzy. She would use that to kind of as a platform to change and. And even felt somewhat responsible for starting the sexual revolution. Like, they had uh, conversations with her. No, she didn't, like, start it, start it. Because, Mm. you know, in the 60s, that's whenever it really started to go. But she said... She was definitely a foremother. Yeah, it was the first time that someone was like, oh, just because you're born one way doesn't mean that's who you are. Yeah. You know, Birth doesn't was, assign you your She blew your some 1950s minds. It's very progressive. <laughs> so next, I wish, so the, one of her big inspirations was, how do you say this name? Marlene Dietrich? Marlena Dietrich. <laughs> I wish, because it's so funny, I wish I would have gotten to dive into her more, and I do hope we do an episode on her one day. She's because fabulous. when I was a little girl, I saw this picture of her that's in the outline mm-hmm. in a magazine, and I cut it out and put it on my wall. It's her. Because I was just like, I don't know who this is, but she is a badass. So th- there are two types of photos that you see of Marlena Dietrich. And she's either in this feathery, flowy, beautiful, fabulous hair-looking, feminine, hyper-feminine. Mm-hmm. And then you see her in the ki- in the picture that Katie was talking about yeah. that she hung up. She's like in a tux and a top hat and smoking a cigarette. I mean, to be fair, it's a very fitted tux. Yes. <laughs> but she's taking on a masculine And I just remember role. seeing that as a kid and being like, I don't know who this is. She looks like a badass. And because when I was growing up, I had just all kinds of newspaper clipping and magazine clippings all over my wall. That's how I direct, like, decorated my room. Uh-huh. And I was just like, yup. And she hung in my room probably from the time I was 14 to 17. <laughs> nice. And you didn't even know it was her. I didn't even know it was her. Fabulous. So she was like this powerful femme fatale. And I mean it. Like, she was a in the movies and pioneered the femme fatale role. Pioneeress? Uh, pioneeress, <laughs> if you're Katie. Um, her birth name was Mary Magdalene mm-hmm. Dietrich. Was she born, where was she born, Germany? Yes. Um, and her na- her family nicknamed her Lena, so that's why you get Marlena Dietrich. Is like, okay. That's kind of her thing. And she didn't give a fuck. My God, she's so beautiful. No, she's so fucking she's beautiful. She's so beautiful. And she didn't care what she was in, how she dressed. That's who she is. And I think she that's... She made it very clear. She was like, I'm not dressing for you. 
I'm not dressing for the media. Mm-hmm. I'm not dressing for men. I'm dressing for myself. And that's what I love about her. Yeah. And I think that's what Christine Jorgensen pulled from her, her and inspired was like, I can be who I want to be. Yeah. And he saw her or she saw her, Christine saw her in um, a nightclub show in I think Denmark or Germany mm-hmm. or something. And when it, she said whenever she saw Marlena, she just was overwhelmed by this woman who was just androgynous and, and didn't, didn't give care. a fuck about it. She, she would get out and sing on stage and just be who she was and it didn't matter. So in a nutshell, that's who Marlena Dietrich is. And that she broke out in the uh, 1930 movie Blue Angel. She was discovered in a Berlin cabaret, which makes me think Sally Bowles the so Calais. much. My favorite play ever. Welcome, bienvenue. Welcome. Welcome. One day, like, my, my dream is to one day, like, um, you know how they do those lip sync battles? Oh, yeah. I want to do mine hair. Oh, my God. Wouldn't it be so much fun? We, we I don't come- even have, I can dance. I can't sing, but I can dance. Can you don't have li- to sing this lip syncing. Can we lip sync battle cabaret? Uh, you, Me and you. I can do mine hair. I'll do and, Vilkeman. And yeah, you can do Vilkeman. Or money makes the world go round. Hey, hey, Patreon supporters. <laughs> you want to see a karaoke battle? Not karaoke. <laughs> I can karaoke. I mean, Katie, do you want to? Nah, I lip sync. <laughs> Katie's not the much of a karaoke Nah, I'm a lip sync battler, though. Anyway. We'll totally lip sync for you. Vilkeman. For your life. Anyway, so. I am really impressed that, because um, at this time when she was like rising to fame in Hollywood, these movie studios had their actors and actresses by the balls by these morality clauses. Oh, yeah. Them. It was awful. So she could be very tongue in cheek, but she could never come right out and say I'm bi because she would have been fired. So she could like be hint at it. And so, but I love how she did that. She played it very, she played it well. Middle of the road. Yeah. She had sewing circles is what she would call them. Sewing circles. And that's like lesbian talk for we touched each other's genitals. (laughs) Come over and sew. And by that, but like her her charitable work, what we would consider charitable work. She helped a lot of French and Polish exiles during World War II. She completely renounced her German citizenship and she used it to save fucking people's lives. Yeah. She wrote poetry and she also wrote to Ronald Reagan. This is really cool. Like I read it. She wrote to him about age, which fucking good for him because they (sighs) never fucking did anything for it. It makes me... I was watching this um, Freddie Mercury documentary the other day, and they talked about how the Reagan administration dealt with the AIDS crisis, which was that Turn they the other didn't. Eye. Yeah, they they just, pretended like it wasn't happening, and like so many people were dying. So and so many good people for are her. so many people are still dying because they didn't do anything. I know, and that's what it really is. Anyway, so, so she had this huge laundry list of celebrities that she sent <laughs> these love letters to, and I urge you like read some of them. She was poetic. She's I really. Beautiful. I do want to do a deeper dive. I feel like I'm going to say this about every three of the, the three of the people in this episode, but I really do want to do a deeper dive. I'm um, totally down. All right. And this, yeah. Anyway, so now we're going to go down. We got the queen of the queens. Yes. And if you. And I don't think she would mind me calling her that oh, either. Oh, fuck no. <laughs> and if you celebrate pride. Mm-hmm. You need to give this woman your undivided motherfucking attention because she kind of helped start Pride. So, without Marcia, further adieu. P. 
Johnson. Pew, pew, pew. Here she come. Pew, pew, pew. Masha P. Johnson. Pew, pew, pew. The P stands for pay them no mind. <laughs> I love it. I so, love it. So also, we- she looks... She wore these flower crowns. Oh, I love it. She looks like an inst- uh, Snapchat filter before the Snapchat filters. <laughs> she looks like the inspiration for him, doesn't like she? Like the Coachella hair. Yes. <laughs> she would fit. You could drop her into Coachella right now. And she, she would, would work right it. So, Marsha P. Johnson, her birth name was Michael Malcolm Michaels Jr. So, I'm not going to ever refer to her as he. Because she, I never heard her yeah. refer to herself. In her interviews and everything, she always she never calls herself Malcolm. Or so she like she that. Yeah. from here on out. Whereas, whereas with uh, Christine, she called herself George. George, and she would uh, refer to herself. But he never referred to him. Or, I'm sorry, she never referred to herself as Malcolm. So that's the last we'll use it. So Marsha, if you if you see a picture of like Christine Jorgensen, who we we're just talking about, she's like this elegant, eleganza, beautiful, fabulous. Marsha had all of that. But it was her personality. Well, also, it was different than... Well, she never had any kind of surgery or took um, any kind of Of hormones um, hormones that we know of. And also, so she was... um, Spoiler alert. She was a drag queen. And back then, drag queens didn't do what they do now. They they wanted their... like, Or at least the type of drag queen that she subscribed to. Your face, your hair. And you would wear women's clothes, but they didn't put in boobs they didn't put on hips no you know they were um it was almost more androgynous it was yeah it was very instead of i want to be a woman it was an androgynous thing so she's full of life full of love and to this day y'all she oh like like, just everything i read about her listened to about her it's just like i wish i knew her again like listen to interviews where it's live with her and you can just Feel the bubbly, like the, and feel the, the happiness. love and the happiness like radiates Accepting. out of it. And it's yeah, so beautiful. and like it was so interesting to read about her death as well as her life because her death just represents this like lightning rod for not only Black Lives Matter, police brutality, gay rights, transgender rights. She like was, it just runs. She the covers gamut. all your bases. So she was born to a big black very strict Christian family. In Elizabeth, New Jersey. Um, when she was a little kid, she would wear dresses just because that's what she felt more comfortable in. But the other boys from the neighborhood would come and like pull up her skirt and stuff. So her mom made her quit doing it. Yeah, and she she recalled a bunch of stories when she was raped by a 13-year-old boy yeah. when she was younger. And this obviously Which, has a big impact on her because she does, in my opinion, she becomes a sex worker. Yeah. And I think that is something very indicative of what happens and to just sex, sex workers. And just something I want to note, because um, I listened to another podcast about this and it got me all riled up, how they were like, um, whenever, whenever the little kids would come and like raise her skirt up, people would just say, oh, boys will be boys. They just do it because they like you. And like I remember, even oh, even gross. when I, but even when I was a little girl, they said that same shit. He, like it's, I'm sure even like five year olds now, some people still tell them, the boy hit me on a playground. Oh, he does it because he likes you. That's something we need to quit telling it's little unacceptable. girls. Um, and I that happened to me. I remember being like. Oh, he he stole my backpack and went and gave it back to me. And my mom being like, "Boys will be." And my mom being like, "Oh, well, he just does it because he likes you." And so I was like, "That's such a fucked up thing to tell little kids that they do it because they like you." Because then you grow up thinking, 
oh well he hits me because he likes me you know yeah. you know they trained you in up. the wrong sorry that was that was a that was a dive was into deep. the wrong direction that was, no that's the but that's right just direction. what that makes me think of so she ended up being a sex worker in Greenwich Village in NYC and I would say that she wouldn't just restrict her palace to the Greenwich Village. Yeah. She would say her empire extended to both east and west villages oh, but, of NYC. So when she left when she left home, she told her mom, like, hey, I think I'm gay. I guess, like, left out the I'm also trans or whatever. And her mom told her, you are lower than a dog. Can That's you? not uncommon. How do you... That is so not uncommon. It's just It just blows my mind because she just seems like such a happy person. And for some, I don't know, that broke it's, my heart. It's a, it's a religious thing. Yeah. And so it's like, oh, you're one of them, so I have to excommunicate yeah. you from my household. Anyway, so like I said, she ended up living on the streets. And something that I loved is that she would use all of her money. Like she would get $10 and she'd get all this 10 bucks, and she'd buy all these flowers. And her friends would be like, girl, you what need the hell food. are you doing? You need somewhere to sleep and she's like oh but the flowers are so pretty and they will make me money later yeah and that's exactly what she she Mm -hmm. said it would make me money later and what i loved about her style of drag is she didn't take it seriously so if you're a drag follower she's not one of those what we call fishy queens which is they look like a woman yeah like christine jorgensen exactly like she i don't Oh, gross. I just realized why you call a fishy queen. Anyway, like, yeah. <laughs> Do you know why she, it's called that? Can I? vaginas smell like fish? Oh! Okay, so you have the one. <laughs> you just got me the one explanation that I don't agree with. <laughs> like, that's. That, okay, so there's. In the gay community nowadays, there's two different explanations for why we call them fishy queens. And you just described the horrible one that okay. I don't like. <laughs> well, what's the other one? Educate me, the please. Other, the other one is that you look like another fish in the sea. Oh. So you blend. Well, you blend I think in. it was also because she probably couldn't afford to buy things she, to like to pad her hips, to pad her boobs. And this so is why I liked her is she was a thrift store queen. Like, she was a dumpster diving queen. I fucking love it. She dug some of her clothes out of the dumpster. She would. She even got like random various crimes yeah. in East Village for like prostitution, obviously. She would just walk around naked, you know, the usual. And then uh, one time she was <laughs> in court for prostitution and the judge was like, so girl, what's this P stand for? And she like stood up and was like, Pay it no mind. <laughs> he let her go. I love he that. He laughed so hard that he was just like, okay, she's free. She's good to go. So <clears throat> this is where I'm going to use one of those terms that may not be acceptable. But she called herself a transvestite. Yeah. So that was a technical term. Or a queen or drag queen. Well, which also, is more this was a time, um, you know, where there was a big rift in the gay community against... Um, gay men who wanted to just be they were like just take us seriously as normal men Mm -hmm. and then they would see drag queens and transvestites as they called themselves at that time and stuff and there was like a gay on gay hate there oh yeah because there still is the gay men that don't well no i believe there still is but at this this time you know when gay being gay was an arrestable offense they were just like they felt like the drag queens were giving them a bad persona. Yes. Yeah. And so I think if if we, yeah, we're using these words transvestite, queen, but drag that's what queen. they use for themselves at the time yes. too. Yes. And if we were to like uh, 
take them, take Marsha P. Johnson and bring her into today's life, we could say... She would be an Instagram celebrity. Yes, <laughs> she, she would, would be. Uh, but we would technically call her a gender nonconformist. Yes. She doesn't want to conform to whatever gender stereotype that you want to give her. So, also... The reason we celebrate Pride is because she was noted to be one of the first few people that started the riots at Stonewall. The I listened to a podcast earlier today when they were talking about her, and they said that the um, the queens, the drag queens, or just the queens as they the call queens. themselves. We're, we're queens here. I mean, our, our, <laughs> our podcast is called Queens. <laughs> but the queens are the ones that at Stonewall started throwing shot glasses. Uh-huh. It's called the shot glass thrown heard around the world. Uh-huh. Because And that was Marsha P. Johnson. That was Marsha <laughs> P. Pay it no mind Johnson. So I feel like in our generation, Katie, is that a lot of gay people, if you talk to them about pride, mm-hmm. they don't know where it comes from. I feel like most people in our generation know about Stonewall. Maybe our generation, maybe a little later don't. But I, yeah. I don't think it's as widely known. I mean, I didn't know about Stonewall growing up i didn't know about it until like i started becoming the history nerd or whatever yeah it's something that's not regularly talked about but i feel like there's been enough movies about it that the general population knows about stone touche yeah so in the 60s it was illegal to be gay you know and it was illegal to sell gays alcohol it was illegal to do all this to wear- it was illegal to stare at another man for too long yeah it's ridiculous and it's um Complete sidebar because it's a different country. But did you ever see that movie, The Imitation Game? With um, oh yes, and so it's like the guy that basically invented the fucking computer got. Um, did he go to prison or did he like the choices were if you were caught being gay? It was this was in England at the same time as this was happening. Basically, no, about fifteen twenty years later. But it was like you can either go to prison for fifteen years or or. Um, have medicated sterilization, which meant basically we're going to... Cutting your... Not cutting your balls up. Make them shrivel up, you know? Yeah, pretty much. And, like, that... And that's, like, somebody who saved England in World War II. That's how... but But that's still the mind frame here of how so many people are viewing gay people in this... Six, 1969? Is that when Stonewall happened? It was in this... I mean, that's the year That's the year Judy Garland died. Yeah. <laughs> so... <laughs> yes! She remembers! So, it was also... What I found fascinating was it was illegal to wear uh, clothing of the opposite gender, and it was like... That's you, some Joan of Arc shit! You had that's to what have... she got burnt for in exactly. the end. Exactly! And it's like... Three articles that you had to wear three articles of clothing assigned to your gender at all times. Suck my balls. What what does that even? They don't even want. They don't even want their balls. They want to wear panties. Let them fucking wear fucking panties. Just as a straight woman, I'm like, so what if I wore jeans and socks? Jeans. I mean, I guess I would still have a bra on, but what? What if I didn't? Is that illegal for me to not wear a bra in the sixties? A headband and earrings, a purse or something. Like it had to be something. That's such bullshit. Fuck these people. Anyway, so the so the Stonewall riots. The the was that this bar called Stonewall? Yes, and the mafias ended up running the clubs, and which was I'm sorry. Not trying to give love to the mafia. Very smart on their part, though. They're like, look. And this happened with a lot of minority places. The mafia is like, um, well. We want to exploit them. The police are 
not going to let them do their thing. So we're going to take money from this uh, minority group and then pay the police off not to fuck with this minority group. Yeah, they're exploiting. So, I mean, it sucked, but at least they were getting a place where... They could Nine gather. times out of ten, they could gather and maybe meet somebody, you know. Yeah, and apparently the, the drinks were all, like, super overpriced, super watered down. Yeah. Um, and there was this one mafia guy that ran the club named Ed Murphy, not Eddie Murphy. Um, what? Are you sure? <laughs> Ed Murphy was uh, the mafia member, and his name was uh, nicknamed the Skull. And mm. he would extort money from Wall Street men. Who would oh. go to this place. Who would go to that place, like, on the DL. On the DL. they were on the DL. And he'd be like, oh, I just saw you on Wall Street, because in New York City, Greenwich Village, Wall Street, they're kind of close. Yeah. So you'd be able to kind of well, know. Well, also, you things. don't have that many options in 1969. No. The gay and bars so they to. would extort them for money and use their sexuality against them. Yeah. And the mobsters would end up paying off the police to be like, hey, don't raid us at this don't time. Don't raid us, because... But, I mean, the police still had to raid these places from time to time to, like, keep up appearances yes, or whatever. Yes, exactly. So, the gays would end up being beaten by cops, harassed. They would take their IDs, and this is what breaks my fucking heart. Put it in, like, the newspaper. What the fuck? I know. Well, I guess, well, it's kind of like, I think the way, obviously, I don't agree with this, but I think the way they viewed it was, um, like, you know how now when um, someone has to register as a sex offender, they put it in the newspaper? Shaming. Yeah. Slut shit. Not, I don't, oh. No, no, don't no. want to say that, but it's it's shaming. It's yeah. shaming. I mean, though, though I do agree with like for the sex offenders that some of them, yeah. Well, that's fine. a crime. Let's I mean, it's something them. where you're. That's but different. like these people are just trying to trying to be with a consenting adult, <laughs> right? Let's just fucking be with a consenting adult if that's what they want to do. So on the night of the Stonewall riots. The cops weren't really expecting this confrontation because, you know, it's just a bunch of gay, transgender people. You know, they're pretty friendly, oh, right? they're effeminate. They're not going to Right? <laughs> nope. The cops end up raiding the bar and quickly scurry all of the gay men outside. So they segregate the gay men from the queens, the transgenders. Oh. And so they keep the transgender drag queen queens inside. And so the female cops search... The drag queens to make sure that they have their three articles of clothing. What does on. that even mean? Uh, 1960 shit. <laughs> like, I don't even fucking know. So, all of a sudden, there's these rumors circulating outside of the bar that the cops are getting violent with the people inside the bar. So, what the onlooker saw is this paddy wagon pulling up. And they start escorting all of these mafia members, these bartenders, and they take out these three queens. <laughs> and one funny story that I heard is, like, one onlooker saw one of the arrested queens and was like, oh, I'm glad they're taking her. She needs some rest. <laughs> Basically saying, this bitch is busted, so let her go. Which is shady, but it's kind of fucking funny. Um, but so the gays outside, like, they start, like, being like, hey. There, there's more of us than there are of you. So the cops start shoving one of these queens to, like, get her to go into the thing. And she turns around. She whacks the bitch with her purse. Good. Like, get the fuck off of me. And so the gays start throwing 
coins at her. Uh, and they start throwing like all mafia, these... hush yeah, money. And that's what like really struck some of me. I'd be like, bitch, I would be one of those people throwing coins. Being like, you want money? Get the mm. fuck out. So they, they threw coins at them to symbolize that they were paying off the cops like the mafia paid off the cops. Yeah. So that's kind of what they were symbolizing there. But like shit got real and the cops had to like go hide inside because... The gay people on the street were not having it anymore. No. No. And uh, what really escalated the violence outside was there was this lesbian who was wearing men's clothing and looked, you know, what we Mm -hmm. would say is, you know. Butch or whatever. Yeah. She got pissed off and started fighting back at the police, which fucking good for her. Yeah. She should. And she was able to, like, escape them and start like, running. <laughs> like, taking off. And they were going crazy. Like, yes, bitch, run! But, like, they, they started throwing, like, like, once the cops run back inside to get away from the rioting, they're throwing, like, Molotov cocktails. They are uh-huh. turning over cop cars. Inside, they it is going crazy. Like, they're just... They were using Ugh. a street lamp. They pulled the street lamp out of the fucking ground. They're mad as hell and they're not going to take it anymore. No. And so the riot police obviously get called in. And these, oh my God, this is what I love, is that these these line dancing queens literally got up and got into the cops' faces and were like, we are the Stonewall girls. <laughs> we wear our hair in curls. We wear our dungarees above our Nelly knees. So is, they were just... What does dungarees mean? Uh, it's like a clothing. Obviously. <laughs> <laughs> we wear our dungarees. What's dungarees? Clothing. Oh, okay, thanks. Good explanation, Nathan. Um, what does Nelly knees mean? Uh, gay knees. Ah. Nelly knees. Is but no, bit. so you, like you said, this was Judy Garland's, the day of Judy Garland's funeral. So ironically, people tried to like, pin that on why the Stonewall no. riots were saying it was just oh Judy Garland died so all the gay people got really you know, pissed off I think it was just the perfect storm of things <laughs> being fucking sick of it maybe there was more people there than usual because it was like a gay icon see funeral. that's that's what I was thinking but like I don't think that was it I think it was just really we're mad as hell and we're not gonna fucking take it anymore exactly so if you think of yourself going into a gay club you see a good mixture of people and so I think in this mixture of people, you may have had some older queens yeah. who were like, well, it'd be like if Cher eat. died yeah. tomorrow. So or you something. just have a bigger population yeah. out so there. So there's just more people out than usual. So the riots ended up lasting for days. Like, this was not something that just like overnight done. Nope. They, it lasted for days, and I'm glad, because this is the day that we got our gay activism, fucking yay. They called it, technically, the Christopher Street Liberation Parade, and thus, Gay Pride was born. But back to Marsha, Marsha, Marsha. Marsha P. Johnson. So, Robin Souza was one of the guys that was inside with the Stonewall riots where we were talking about the shot glass that was heard around the world. Mm-hmm. And he claimed that he saw her throw a shot glass, the first person to throw a shot glass at a uh, mirror and say, I've got my civil rights and threw it and then it broke. Mm. And that's when the drama happened. Mm. And I don't fucking blame it because she was the first one to physically lash out at the cops and that started the flame, literally. I'm going to do that the next time someone cuts me off at a bar. 
I've got, got my, my civil, civil rights. rights. <laughs> they be like, no, ma'am, you do not. And now you are arrested. That is like a bucket list item now. I just <laughs> I, literally want to be like, I've, I've got, got my, my civil, civil rights. rights. Like, I just want to yell that at somebody. Anyway, funny fun fact is that Andy Warhol, and if you know anything about Andy Warhol, whenever he would take a picture of a famous celebrity or whatever, he would just casually meet them in like this, you know, casual setting and be like, I want to do a picture of them. But... Did you hear about whenever those pictures that Andy Warhol did of her came out and they were hung at a gallery, they wouldn't let her in the gallery to see it. What the She was riffraff. Right? Bitch, I'm on that photo. Also, it's likely he never paid her. But also, it was like such a, um, it was such an iconic thing then that you would think, oh, I'm going to get so much work from being photographed from Andy Warhol. I don't need to be paid. But no, she like wasn't even let in the gallery. (sighs) Damn, yeah. and her friends didn't even believe her that she was, like, photographed by Andy Warhol. Because they were, none of them were let in. They no. were riffraff. <laughs> they didn't get to see it. God damn it. So she ended up living this life of uh, activism and stayed with Randy Wicker, who is also somebody else that you would need to look up if you want to know about gay rights. So uh, also Sylvia Ray Rivera is somebody else that you would need to look up. That was, up. like, her partner in crime, basically. Yes, exactly. And they both focus on transgender rights. There, yeah. There's uh, interviews from her. Her and uh, from Sylvia a couple years back, and oh my God, Katie! Yeah, no, I listened to some interviews with her because they um, did a documentary about um, Marsha not yes. too long ago, and like, yeah, Sylvia has seen better days. Yeah, she's ratchet. Yeah, <laughs> she's definitely like falling asleep on her armchair with her cigarette about to burn down the house. Like she's got that sort well, of. She's vibe. seen some shit. Yay, activism! But, um, yeah, they helped, they started the um, Street Transvestite Activist Revolutionaries, or STAR, a foundation for homeless and gen, uh, transgender youth. Which was the first outreach. I mean, it, yeah, it was a pioneerist type situation. Pioneerist. <laughs> Which, I mean, honestly, today, that's still something that we need to focus on. Yeah. Because those people are homeless. Because they're, they're running away and being kicked out by their families. They're, Absolutely. They're kicked out. They're not even running away. They're just kicked out. So, also, she helped found the Gay Liberation Front, which was a huge NYC gay rights yeah. scene. And, like I said, that's the reason we march the streets. And that's the reason that we're able to be proud LGBT, LGBTs and LGBT supporters. Because of these people. Yeah. Um, and, unfortunately... She was killed on July 6th of 1992. So, what? So, okay. So, she was found floating in, the, is it the Hudson River? Yes. Um, they said that she had just found out that she um, was HIV positive, and so she committed suicide. She knew that. And all her friends were like, she wouldn't do it. She wouldn't do it. And I, I am very hesitant to ever be like... Um, Oh, this person didn't kill, commit them, commit suicide because they seemed so happy. Because I mean, you can put on a false facade. I mean, look at Anthony Bourdain just died, and he was like on top of the fucking world, yeah. you know. Um, but it was just so crazy how they were just like suicide, bye. And like they see- just didn't, they didn't look. I don't want to say the popular opinion now is that it wasn't suicide. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know enough about the case to say one way or the other, but it was suspicious how they were just like, suicide, bye. So that was my big issue with it, is that you see interviews with her, and she knows she has AIDS. She yeah. knows she does. Like, she knows she's been around those people. She said yeah. comments about there was a gay roommate that she had that died of AIDS, and she was like, I have it too. So it's not something that she just, 
oh, I have AIDS, I'm going to kill myself. Yeah, she but you also—you never know. What you don't creeps know what's into going a person's mind late at night. Yeah, but the theories are. But just how they—just how they were so like aloof, like oh, it was suicide. Bye. They dismissed it as suicide. But they have reopened the case, right? Like, yeah, they did. Um, some people think it's mafia related because obviously the mafia does some shady shit. Yeah. The police related because police brutality. They wanted her to shut the fuck they up. They wanted her to yeah. shut up. Obviously, could be AIDS related. I mean, it, the mafia could have wanted her to shut it up. It also too. could have been drug related. She could have tripped on some LSD it, and it gone crazy. Been. I mean, because I heard about that too. I heard she did have a few times where she had taken LSD and she had to be rested and put in like state facilities. Yeah, so it could also have been that. But it could have what, also been her sex work and just getting in the wrong car with the wrong person. Yeah, exactly. And that's what I kind of venture towards is that there were some witnesses that said they pulled her body out of the river and they saw a hole in her head. And you don't shoot yourself in the back of the head. No, <laughs> you don't shoot yourself in the back of the and head. And then fall into a river. Yeah, that's yeah. that's just, no. Yeah. If you have a laceration, that means somebody fucking hit you. So, she died. But yeah. I don't want to talk about the, how she died anymore. I want to talk about that she was a fucking trailblazer. Yes. And just, just Pioneeress and set the stage for other people to come after her. She is why we have Pride Parade. Yep. She you know? is the reason that we are able to speak out the way that we are right now. Yeah. And I think the cops... We really do need to do a full episode on we her. We do. Yeah. And I really don't feel like the cops looked into her murder because she was poor, she was gay, she was black, and she was a prostitute. Those are all the things that cops don't give a fuck about. Yeah. Well, you know what? I give a fuck about her. Me too. So, so cheers let's cheers to our to fabulous Marsha and to Christine and, and Marlena Dietrich. Yeah. Cheers, cheers to our androgynous transgendered women. We love them all. And Keep- to all our Patreon listeners. Thank you so Mwah. much. Love Mwah. ya. Uh, bye. Hello, everyone. Stakuyi here. And I'm Gabby. And we are the hosts of History of Everything, a podcast which you can probably guess by the name is, well, I mean, it's about everything. Do you want to know why people thought potatoes were evil and would give you syphilis? Are you curious about all the stories of the terrible and stupid ways that people have kicked the bucket over the years? Do you want to hear tales about all of the different badasses of history and the lives that they had brought to life? Well, if so, then look no further. History of Everything is just the right podcast for you. It's available on Spotify, Pandora, and anywhere else that you get your podcast from. Join us for some fun and just see how weird and wacky history can be.